You know, as you may know, I'm a sales coach who helps software leaders, software founders sell more and close more deals and have the right process. And one of the ways I can do that is share with you how others have been able to do it. Of course, you've heard my story, but other software founders who've been able to grow and scale, I give them to you so that you can see exactly what things help them so you can apply them as well. Here is a perfect example. Pierre DeWolf from Scraping Bee scaled from zero to 1 million ARR in two years. He shares his exact path of how to launch the product, how to get it out of beta, what to learn, what to do, all the steps along the way so that you can see exactly how to get your company to the same level. I hope it helps. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome to Sastry in the Making. So excited to have you here. I am Matt. I am your host, and I am really looking forward to today's conversation. We've got a great one for you. So I'd like to welcome in Pierre de Wolf. Pierre, welcome. Hi, Matt. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. It's very cool. Pierre is joining us from the south of France. I'm going to be in France in two months with my family, going on a, a summer excursion, I would say. We're going to work over there. We're going to enjoy some time over there. It's beautiful. So I'm so excited to talk to Pierre. And hopefully he can give me a lot of tips of things to do in France. But uh, Pierre, let me tell everybody about who you are and what you're doing. Pierre is the co-founder at Scraping Bee. And Scraping Bee handles headless browsers and rotates proxies for you. He's also formerly the co-founder at PricingBot, which was an e-commerce price monitoring tool. So when it comes to tech, when it comes to building amazing, innovative products, Pierre is the man. So once again, Pierre, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm glad to be here. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, tell me, what have you been up to lately and what's coming up for you? So lately, I've been mainly focusing on scraping B. So as you said, it's a web scraping API. So for a non-technical person, an API is basically a tool that allows you to build other programs like it's a program that allows you to connect to other programs and um, yeah I've been doing it for the last four years with my co-founder Kevin and mostly we've been growing quite a bit so I think we've been trying to to hire more people to to actually make the company less reliant on uh, Kevin and I to make it more robust and, uh, and it's been fun and uh, definitely interesting and a new thing for me. Oh, that, that's so fun when you get to that point where you start hiring, yeah. you start getting other people on board and kind of teaching them the magic that you've been delivering. So I want to go back before that time, though. What was it that motivated you to start Scraping Bee? What, what told you, yes, there's, this product is needed? So it was actually when we built our previous product, so pricing bots, a price monitoring tool for uh, SaaS, uh, for a small e-commerce. And um, so we built it and failed, like we didn't reach any reasonable revenue whatsoever. But when we built it, we used the web scraping API, you know, because when we did this price monitoring thing, we had to scrape a price information from Amazon, Walmart, whatever, or all kind of e-commerce websites. And we used an web scraping API. And thing is, the web scraping API was not that good. It was not very reliable. It was a bit expensive. And so we were running out of money. Uh, pricing bot was 
going nowhere. We actually knew a lot about web scraping before, again, with Kevin at our previous jobs, we were doing a lot of web scraping. And so we thought, okay, you know what? We could build a web scraping API instead. We're both developers, we know developers, and we're probably have a better time uh, selling an API than a price monitoring tool to e-commerce owners. So, yeah. That's so cool. I love those stories. So I, I see all over your website, it says headless browsers. Can you explain for us, those of us who are non-technical like myself, what exactly is that? Yeah, sure. So basically, when, you when you're querying a website, you're doing an HTTP request, right? So if you go on Google, you're doing a, an, a request to the Google servers, and it gives you back the HTML. That's how the web works. Now, recently, with uh, modern uh, JavaScript frameworks, website needs a browser to render completely. Like, if you go on Instagram, for example, you're making a request to Instagram. Instagram returns back a lot of code that runs into uh, Chrome, your browsers. And this code does a lot of magic and display the feed, for example. And so if you want to scrape Instagram, you have to go through those fake browsers, those headless browsers, to actually get the results you want to get. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. And uh, man, I love your story. You guys bootstrapped this thing and you've grown it to over 1 million in ARR in two years. So I want to, I want to dive into that. How exactly did you attract users in the early days? What were some of your marketing strategies and how did you get people to come to your platform when you really had nothing going on in the beginning? Yeah, so in the very early days, all we did was hanging around on uh, some web scraping forums or growth hacking forums because, or growth marketer forums because growth marketer do a lot of web scraping either to scrape social data or generally it's uh, to do some kind of lead generation, you know, scraping LinkedIn, scraping website to get email addresses. So they, they like to do some web scraping. So we just hang around there, answered a couple of questions. And particularly Kevin, he was quite active in this uh, community. And uh, one day, all we had to do, we said, hey, we built this web scraping API. It's a competitor of this product. We think we can do better. Would you mind trying it and giving us feedback? In return, we'll give you free access to it for a limited amount of time. It sounded quite fair. People liked it. And that's how we got yeah, our first. It was a very small amount, like 10, 20 users, out of which just one or two converted when we switched off the, the free plan. But uh, I think that was enough to, to notice that our product was useful to a particular audience. And more importantly, that it was enough to notice that this audience would, um, was ready to pay to, to use this product. Well, that's always a good feeling when you see that, when you see that uh, people are ready to buy this. So, uh, I mean, essentially you're, you were, you know, in beta for a period. So yeah. what lessons did you learn while your product was in beta? What did you come away with? I came away with uh, 
biggest lesson was documentation is very important and much more than I thought it was. And so uh, I cannot understate how important it is, especially for a technical product where our users, they don't, they interact with our product by writing some code. They don't get nice UI. You don't have all those drop down um, and all of this UI to onboard user. We, we didn't add this. So we had to write the, a very good documentation with lots of code snippets that would reduce friction to the minimum. So every time we could, we can have a copy snippet or copy to clipboard button. We added it every time we could make the code simpler and easier to read. We did it. And every time we also repeated a lot of things by when writing the documentation, all the important concept we repeated over and over again. So when people read it, it's clear, even if you have no experience whatsoever. I think that was one of the, the biggest lessons. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I can see how that would work and really a good framework. Were there any other frameworks that you had while developing your product towards your MVP? Yeah, one thing that worked great was so when you subscribe to Scraping B, it's a API credit cost base. So you make an API call, it costs you some credits. When you create an account, you have 1,000 free API credits. And what we did for every new user we, we displayed a big pop-up saying, spend 15 minutes on a call with us and get 10,000 free API credits. No question asked. Wow. And it worked well. Like we got 50 uh, user willing to hop on a call and we would just, as a, you know, all the classic feedback question, why do you want to use our product? What's your use case? What do you expect? blah, blah, blah. And we would get them the 10,000 free API credits after the call. And uh, yeah, that's allowed us to get lots of feedback in a short amount of time. So you gave something away that something was something that was really desired, really wanted by your market. Yeah. You gave it away in exchange to be on the call. That sounds genius. That worked really well, huh? Yeah, it worked well. And I, I think what worked well was, again, we we offer 10K API call and the free plan was only 1000 API call. So basically we offer 10, 10 times the trial you'd get for free if you should be willing to spend just a few minutes with us on a call. I'm sure you guys learned a lot on that call as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it was huge. Like Because before doing that, we used to send some emails but people, you know, everyone's busy. They, they would answer your question, but in a very fast way. And uh, it, it's hard to react to the response on email. And uh, by doing those face-to-face uh, -face exchange, we learn, yeah, a lot. And we'll be able to, to discover things we didn't imagine beforehand. 
Oh, that's so cool. I think that's so important to make sure that you're talking with your customers, talking with your ideal fit prospects, people in your market who you're wanting to develop the product for. You can learn so much, but I don't think enough software founders are doing that. I don't think enough people are getting out there and interacting with their market and learning from them. And so to hear that you guys did it, you put a plan in place to make sure it happens and that it worked really well and you got a lot of great feedback that helped you develop your MVP and eventually continue to develop the product. That just speaks volumes to how important this is. I'm so happy to hear that you guys did it and you did it well, Pierre. Yeah. And uh, especially this time, we decided to did it because to do it because when building pricing bot again, that's one thing we forgot to do, basically. Like we thought we did everything right. So we built a landing page before building the product. We tried to validate the product by seeing that we had some competitors, so the market was validated. Uh, we didn't made a free product, only paid. We asked for feedback a lot, but in the end, it was not real conversation. And it showed a lot after a few weeks, a few months, when we discovered were, that we were absolutely heading to the wrong uh, direction like nothing was correct about our assumption and we could have saved a few months by just talking to the users and talking and talking to more users and so yeah I was out of this small trauma we we decided to to almost yeah do it the other way around with scraping B just talking 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 to users and build afterwards Got it. Well, that's, I think that's the best way to do it for sure. So, okay. Now you've gotten the, that conversation, you've launched your MVP, you've gotten past those first uh, few that you gave it away and only a couple converted. How did you grow from there? Now that you've got a couple that are customers, how do you make sure you get, you know, 20, then 50, then a hundred? What, what are you doing to, to get out there and get your name out in the market and get people to understand that they need scraping B? So we decided to go the content way. So the idea was to write the best possible educational content about web scraping and to share it. And this would, so this would be some kind of top of the funnel content. So this, this might not convert a lot, but this would one, put us into uh, a place where we'd be seen as expert in our field and two, bring lots of backlinks. And three, bringing lots of traffics, which can increase uh, word of mouth. And we didn't have a lot of choice because we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of time. And more importantly, we had written some programming content before and content, even for pressing bot, for example, we wrote some content. And that's actually the only thing we did right with the, the company, which allowed us to sell it. But yeah, maybe more on that afterwards. And, uh, and yeah, so, so we played the, the content card. So we knew, it'd be, we knew it, it would be slow. We knew it'd be a very long call start. But uh, yeah, in the end, uh, we were lucky and it worked out well. That's really cool. Uh, I mean, you say you're lucky, but you, it sounds like you've put a lot of work into place and content is something that requires a lot of persistence and effort and doing it uh, can be tough in the moment. But as you just said, 
when it, when you consistently do it, it works and you start to develop some trust. People believe yeah. you as a, as an expert, which is great. And you start to see some results from it. So I think that's fantastic that you did that. I want to ask in those early days, what would you say were some of your biggest challenges? What were some of the biggest difficulties that you faced while you were growing and how did you overcome those? I'd say one of the biggest was to, to understand if we were really growing. So, because of course, after two years, it's easy to say, oh yeah, it was a fast growth and all, but the first month, for example, so we had, we were very lucky because we got a 900 a month customer very early on, but we discarded him to make our uh, calculus and uh, assumption. Mm. So discarding this customer, the first month, we only did 200 new MR. The month after that, we only did 300 MR uh, added, you know? So it was a very slow growth. And so the problem was, can we make this grow faster? Like, do we have what it takes to do it? And we're like, yeah, you know, we're doing SEO. It's slow. Yeah, okay, it's slow, but... Is it slow because we're not doing what it takes or is it slow because it's SEO? So yeah, jungling between those feelings was, I'd say, a hard part because we didn't want to lose again lots of time uh, considering what we did with a pricing bot beforehand. So yeah, I guess this was a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would think. So if you had to do things differently, if you had a chance to kind of redo some things, what would you do? What would you change? With Scraping Beam, I think I would just write content way earlier. Like I wouldn't wait to build the product. But again, it's the things you say to yourself because you know it ended up working. So like even if after Scraping Beam, I'm building something else, I'm not sure I'll be able to write some content about a product that I haven't validated yet. But yeah, that's something we could have done. And the second one for sure is to hire um, sooner. Like this was a big mistake because so I thought you need to hire once it's like you, your time, your you're an empty cup and, and you fill it with all the tasks you have to do. And once it overflows, you hire and the overflows goes to the higher cup, you know? Mm -hmm. But what I didn't expect is like, okay, the cup is full, but then you have to hire someone. And so you add, again, a lot of fluid to your metaphorical cup. Yep. And so it's very hard to to be in a position to hire someone when you're already overwhelmed by all the things you have to do. And I really didn't want to, to hire someone quickly to hire the, the wrong kind of person. So, so yeah, it, I think it added a lot of uh, useless stress that we could have just avoid by hiring maybe a few weeks, few months earlier than we did. I think that's so true. I love the cup analogy, by the way. I've never heard that, but it's fantastic. It makes it so obvious, but you're right. We often think we have to hire when the cup is full, but when you do that, now you take on a lot of extra tasks to just go through the hiring process, which is not easy in many cases. You have to find the right person. There's a lot of things to do around that. 
And that adds a lot more fluid to the cup. So it's overflowing yeah. already. So you need to do it before you actually absolutely must get that person in. And that's something that I myself went through some rough patches and some, some learning mistakes to try and learn that as well. But uh, I'm glad you've learned that. And now you're, you're getting people in at the right time. So uh, what advice would you have, Pierre, having gone through this yourself a few times now, what advice would you give to other new software founders who are starting out and wanting to scale their company quickly without going through some of the tough times? So, yeah, I'd say talk to user as much as you can, as often as you can, as long as you can. Like, you can never talk too much to users. Um, as soon as three users tell you the same thing, you're onto something. So if one user tells you it's too expensive, yeah, you know, maybe you can discard it. If three people are bothered enough about something to telling you about it, it's probably something important. And uh, yeah, don't wait until it's too late to hire. Like, yeah, keep, keep your energy level high and uh, yeah. That's fantastic. Great advice for sure. This has been a lot of fun, Pierre. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and what you guys have done at Scraping Bee is really, really impressive. So I hope that everybody out there can take these lessons and apply them themselves. But how can people get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing and Scraping Bee? So, well, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So until Pierre de Vulf, and I am usually responding to all the private DM, but the easiest way to contact me would be by email, pierre at scrapingbee.com. And uh, to follow Scraping Bee, we also have a Twitter account, or you can check our uh, landing page, scrapingbee.com, if you need, if you're in the need of a web scraping API. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure to put that all in the show notes or in the description. So if you're watching this, go ahead and check that out. If you're listening to this, go see it in the show notes. But awesome. Pierre, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Matt. Had an awesome time. I loved it as well. I learned a lot. I appreciate you sharing everything. And thank you all out there for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Hit that subscribe button right now. That way you're not going to miss out on anything that we're sharing and all the amazing tips that are going to be shared coming up in the next few weeks from impressive creators like Pierre. So once again, thank you so much for coming and watching. We will see you next time. Take care. Thank you, Matt. Bye.